This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. Today is Wednesday, September 28th. Coming up, will a long-delayed project on Shawnee Mission Parkway finally get going again? Plus, how a Kansas City man is sharing his hometown's hoop culture with the basketball world. But first, some headlines. Kansas City Interim Police Chief Joseph Mabin said the department will fully cooperate with an investigation by the U.S. Justice Department into the police department's hiring practices. Yesterday's meeting of the Board of Police Commissioners was its first public meeting since the probe was announced. Mabin said he would remind staff how to report discrimination, retaliation, and harassment. So it truly bothers me, especially as a black commander, when people are treated or believe they have been treated unfairly because of race, religion, gender. Mayor Quentin Lucas said last week he was frustrated by a lack of response from the police commissioners, a five-member board controlled by the state of Missouri. A project to replace the fingerprint system in Kansas is running nine months behind schedule. Blaze Mesa of the Kansas News Service reports the system stores and compares prints used in criminal investigations and background checks. Kansas is the last state using a soon-to-be-obsolete fingerprint software. That system was supposed to stop working at the end of 2022. Then, a new system would take over. But that new system is not expected to be ready until late next year. If the system goes down, it would hamper law enforcement investigations. KBI Executive Officer Robert Jacobs briefed lawmakers on the delay. We have been very concerned about the... Uh, the progress of this project. Um, as previously mentioned, we have tried to keep on top of it. The contractor making the switch, Ideamia, has agreed to keep the almost outdated system running until the new one kicks in. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention dropped a recommendation for masking in healthcare settings Monday, but a Kansas City hospital leader says it's too soon. KCUR's Noah Taborda reports. The Kansas City Metro saw an average of 207 cases per day for the week ending September 17th, down from 250 the week prior, according to the most recent data from the Mid-America Regional Council. Still, University of Kansas Health System Infection Prevention Director Dana Hawkinson said case levels are not yet low enough for most healthcare facilities in the area to drop masking requirements. I think it is one step closer to being in those pre-pandemic areas when we don't have to, we wouldn't have to wear masks, but we need to do it safely and I think we need to have those types of conversations. Hawkinson said the health system will discuss masking when and if cases decline to safer levels. The Mission Gateway project near Shawnee Mission Parkway and Rowe Boulevard has been in development and caught in delays for more than a decade. Most recently, construction stalled because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, a finish line for the project could be approaching. The Mission City Council will consider a new plan to fund and finish the Mission Gateway. But first, they want to hear from the public. Kyle Palmer is the editor of the Shawnee Mission Post. He joined me on Zoom to tell me about the history of the Mission Gateway and where it could go next. So just to start off, what is the Mission Gateway Project? Uh, well, this is a plan to remake a pretty prominent piece of real estate in Northeast Johnson County. Uh, this is the site of the former Mission City Mall, um, which is at the confluence of, of three pretty big roads, Shawnee Mission Parkway, Johnson Drive, and Rowe Avenue, right at the, the city line of Mission, um, hence the, the name Mission Gateway. 
Um, this is a project that's been in the works um, in some form or another now for more than 15 years, ever since Mission City Mall closed in, in 2005 and then was demolished in 2006. And I think it's fair to say at this point, I mean, I think there are real questions about whether this is actually going to get done. But anyone um, who drives in Northeast Johnson County will will see this site and probably ask themselves what's happening there. <laughs> so what does the site actually look like right now if you drive by or walk by? Yeah. So in fact, I live near by enrolled in Park. So I, I see this site pretty much every day. But if you drive along Shawnee Mission Parkway through, you know, Kansas City into Fairway and Mission and, and drive past it on your way to I-35, you're going to see it. It's basically a, a big field with a half-built 90,000 square foot structure, you know, whitewashed concrete building that's supposed to be a mixed-use complex with an entertainment center um, and restaurants once it's completed. But um, it's sat there now uh, pretty much vacant and without any activity for the better part of three years, ever since the start of the COVID-19 pandemic. They began in earnest construction on that site in 2018. There were some hiccups, but the structure started going up. And, and then that was when people started to think, OK, maybe something's finally happening here. Um, then, of course, the pandemic hit in 2020 and that short circuited work on the site. And I mean, honestly, real work has not resumed there in the two and a half years since. Um, and in fact, at the end of 2021, the development agreement that governed that construction uh, expired because the project had not been completed. So as it stands now, what you see there is a really just a kind of forlorn looking half finished structure behind uh, construction fencing uh, amid this field of overgrown grass and weeds and mud. And, and so it doesn't look very pretty and it hasn't really changed all that much in two years. How many versions of this project have there been? So since the last agreement expired at the end of last year, uh, the New York-based developers that have overseen Mission Gateway since 2006 have submitted a new revised plan, which we can talk about in a little bit. Um, but by the city's count, that's the fifth development plan that has been considered for this site. Most notably, listeners might remember that there was talk at one time, very serious talk, of putting a Walmart on that site. In fact, moving the Walmart that's currently in Roland Park uh, a little bit further south to that site. The version of that plan fell through and Walmart pulled out in 2016. So what does the latest version of this project look like? Uh, it's still a mixed-use project centered around an entertainment complex and a food hall. The food hall idea has been pared back substantially from the previous iteration of the plan, which expired at the end of last year. Um, I, I think the details I've seen uh, show that the food hall, which was originally planned for about 40,000 square feet, is now planned for about 10 to 15,000 square feet. So that's a, a pretty big diminution. And in place of that, they've added some more apartments and, and mixed-use office space. Um, so that's the current version of the plan. Uh, there will be a meeting tonight where the public will be able to give their input, um, where the city council will um, officially end the, the former agreement and um, potentially vote to accept uh, this latest agreement. So what will the council be considering at tonight's meeting? Tonight's more of a public hearing uh, for developers proposed petition seeking uh, public financing and the creation of a new community improvement district. Uh, the council is not actually set to take a vote on the development plan itself, but there is expected to be plenty of public comment. Um, currently, the developers' requests for uh, public tax incentives amount to roughly $22 million in special obligation bonds, um, again, out of a $270 million project overall. And they're also asking for the creation of a new community improvement district uh, within which a, a special 2% tax would be imposed in order to help pay off the debt for the bonds. Um, the city, it's interesting to note, has also asked the developer to put $3 million into an escrow account in case this deal falls through, and then that money would automatically go to the city. Um, but we're expected to get a lot of a lot of public comment, residents and mission and city 
city officials themselves definitely frustrated by um, all the stags that have uh, seemed to derail this project over time. It's been a long and arduous process. As the mission mayor recently said, there's been a lot of false starts, and they're trying to avoid that again and trying to avoid getting people's hopes up once again. Public hearings in the past um, have you know had residents encouraging the city to, to be skeptical and cautious and urging the city council not to give away public funds for developers who frankly have have lost the trust of a lot of officials and developers in mission and in northeast johnson county um but there's also a sense uh, that the city can't just walk away you know I mean, this is a very prominent piece of land like i said and um it's not developed its physical condition is continuing to deteriorate and, and there is the sense that something needs to happen so what's next for this plan so I think after this this upcoming public hearing, um, the city will um, have to consider ordinances to repeal the existing public financing project plan and community improvement district, as well as approve a new project plan and create a new community improvement district. I guess long story short is I, I've gotten out of the business of predicting what's going to happen next with Mission Gateway. So um, I think re remains to be seen, but I, I know there is certainly the desire within the city to continue to move forward on this latest plan and, and potentially um, start to see construction there sooner rather than later. That was Shawnee Mission Post editor Kyle Palmer. You can read more about the Mission Gateway at kcur.org or at shawneemissionpost.com. Marcus Walker was enjoying a successful overseas basketball career when a medical condition landed him back in the United States and in a deep depression. Once Kansas City's all-time leading high school scorer in men's basketball, Walker found himself without direction until he started pouring his energy into a training program for girls in his hometown. KCUR's Lawrence Brooks IV reports, Walker's new goal is to change young lives one crossover at a time. On a muggy Sunday evening in a small gym with no air conditioning, Marcus Walker sits alone on the stage, patiently waiting for trainees to arrive. Beaded sweat trickling down his head, Walker looked down at his phone, quickly editing videos, posting content, and checking likes on social media. Without a big marketing budget, it's one of the only ways he can spread the word about his training program, Grindhouse Basketball, and the young athletes who are a part of it. Uh, what a lot of people fail to realize too, a lot of these girls be good already, but what is being good if you ain't got the exposure? The gritty location in the background of his videos is Milestone Youth Center an otherwise derelict building off 12th Street in the Independence Plaza neighborhood of Kansas City's historic Northeast. You come in here, it ain't got no air, you know what I'm saying? You got the creeks in the floor. It's just an older building, but man, the reason why I love it so much is it keeps you humble. When Grindhouse began in 2014, his focus was training professionals. But that quickly got complicated between erratic schedules and overinflated egos. Now he trains hundreds of young athletes, many of whom travel across the country to learn from him. Before their tragic deaths in 2020, Walker even had the opportunity to train with Kobe Bryant's 13-year-old daughter during a trip to Los Angeles. One of the best basketball experiences I've had. Ten years ago, Walker never would have imagined being here. Back in 2011, he was overseas, playing basketball professionally. Man, I got to play in a lot of different uh, countries. I lived in Iceland, Ukraine, and Italy, but I played in Lithuania, Sweden, Poland. And he was enjoying a lot of success. While playing for the Iceland KR during the 2011-2012 season, he won a championship, a playoff MVP, and a Foreign Player of the Year award. After a stand in Ukraine, he moved to the Italian Series A2 League, where he signed with Basket Barcelona in the summer of 2012. But 
During a routine physical he passed a thousand times, he was diagnosed with an enlarged heart. Did our regular routine, and we got them results, I'm like, you know what I'm saying? I'm in the now, I'm like, nah, that can't be me, that's somebody else on the team, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm moving, I'm grooving. He returned to America a couple of months later to consult with doctors he was more familiar with, only to hear the same. It got as drastic as, you know what I'm saying, I was supposed to get a defibrillator in my body. Wow. I had this little walking defibrillator. I had that mug for probably like a year. After battling depression, it was his mother who pushed him to get back onto the court. My mama, you're going to disrespect God by not sharing your gifts? Hit me. I'm like, whoa. You know what I'm saying? That was, that was straight to the gut. A year later, Grindhouse was born. And it was a memory from his time overseas in Iceland that pushed him to start training young girls. That was my first experience with young ladies. Mm -hmm. They, oh, you want to coach some teams? Yeah, I go to practice, all girls. Man, I did that. That was the highlight of my time over there, bro. Casey Arambola is a parent and basketball enthusiast who drives her daughter from St. Joseph, Missouri to train with Walker. It's difficult to make her all the time, but it's definitely worth it. It's more even about the relationship that she has with Marcus and how he believes in her and gives her confidence. 14-year-old Alicia Arambola says the trip is totally worth it. I know my basketball process, my mentality and just like my dribbling and just the way that I move during the game has improved. Latoya Stone has been enrolling her son Damari Wallace and niece Alicia Martin with Grindhouse since 2018. Over the years, she's learned from listening to Walker's speeches that his leadership is just as vital as his skills training. That's helped my son tremendously with just his confidence in and out of sports, with life. That's why I try to have him be around Marcus as much as possible, because he's just a good role model. Walker wants to keep expanding, grinding out content that is both educational and inspirational. I want to more or less put Kansas City on such a uh, pedestal that you can line us up against Chicago, New York, you know what I'm saying, all these major cities and say, nah, man, Kansas City, that's where it's at. This year, Walker's Mo Grind Elite team won the AAU Nationals for fifth grade girls. The boys team will compete this fall. For KCUR 89.3, I'm Lawrence Brooks IV. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia Dean. This podcast is produced by Byron Love and KCUR Studios and edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. To read Lawrence's story about Grindhouse Basketball, visit KCUR.org, where you can find more local news from Kansas City's NPR station. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you tomorrow. You don't have to travel far to discover something new. KCUR's Creative Adventure email can help. Our weekly adventures will help you discover new ways to explore the Kansas City region. Join the adventure and subscribe at kcur.org adventure.